Welcome back to the Work Life Mindset Podcast. This is Chris and very excited to come back with you today, basically to cover part two of the six things you need to recover from. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I'd recommend you do that. These don't need to be listened to in order, but both these episodes go together in, in covering the six things. Um, Apparently, I had a lot to say about the first three, and that one was getting a little long, so I thought I'd just divide it into two and keep it more consumable for everybody. So yeah, recovery, it's this this concept that I felt I was doing wrong for, for a very, very long time, and it really just took some awareness of and intention toward recovering from these six things that allowed me to really cut back on the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm in my life and also gave me a lot more energy and ability to bring clarity into really what I was was going after. Um, you know, I, I might have shared before that I have actually been supervising people since before I can drive. I, I got into jobs when I was pretty young, even though they were seasonal where I was put in charge. And because of that, I always had some normal level of stress and, and overwhelm and I just kind of normalized it, carried that into my adulthood and, and my professional life and seeking some jobs that uh, were pretty manic and where I was always running around putting out fires and supporting other people and through none of that was I really recovering the right way. I would really just turn to numbing agents, be it beer or any other kinds of alcohol or sometimes recreational drugs or TV, um, whatever it was. And I was just kind of coping, you know, and when I'm set intention to swap some of those habits out with intentional recovery, like things really started to take off for me. So that's why I want to want to talk to you about this, because really true growth is success. And I think all that stuff is sustainable. We just got to realize it's not a short sprint with this inevitable physical, mental, and emotional crash. You know, I used to run, 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 and then at the end of the day, just be done, like time to crash. And I think as you go on a personal development journey, you learn that each stage of your progression should clearly build one upon the other, leaving you stronger and more able, not weaker and permanently damaged. So I think people get into this work of setting goals and they go after them really hot and heavy, hard and fast, just like they have with everything in their life. But it ends up not being very sustainable. You know, the example is somebody who really wants to maybe get in shape and lose some weight and decide like, well, I'm going to hit the gym every day. That's just what I'm going to do. And, and a lot of people can sustain that for a week or two, maybe even see some good results. But I'm not sure I know anybody that can go from zero to hero like that. And I, I know people from my network that have tried that and it never lasts you go strong and then you just crash so it's all about what's sustainable here and part of making this development and growth work sustainable means really recognizing what you need to recover from so what i'm saying is that to grow and develop sustainably for the rest of your life because this is a lifetime journey um, you got to recover from a couple things on a daily basis if at all possible excuse me so again, last episode, we talked about recovering from work, recovering from technology, and recovering from people. Those were the three we got through. Today, I want to continue on and introduce three more. 
which would be recovering from food, recovering from fitness, and recovering from just being awake, right? So <clears throat> let's start with the food. And this was really fascinating to me. I think when I dove into this, I had some, some other clients of mine that were even helping guide me through some of this stuff because uh, I'm no scientist, I'm no dietitian, I don't claim to be. So um, be mindful of what, what you take out of the information I'm giving you. And, and by all means, please go research it, listen to your body, see, see what happens. But um, I've really come to find that like your body and mind need to recover from food. If not daily, it could look like even just fasting from food for some long period on a weekly basis. Um, it could be as simple as skipping breakfast once a week or skipping dinner once a week just to get in an 18-hour fat. Um, that's how I started this. I, I made a point. I think I did every Wednesday night. I just looked at my schedule and planned ahead like, hey, this would be a good night just to skip dinner. And... Um, it wasn't even so much from a weight loss thing. It was just I was really fascinating with with this concept of these six things to recover from. And I realized that when you fast or recover from food, your body's actually given the opportunity to repair and rebuild itself rather than constantly be digesting. And those periods of fasting, I actually found a really surprising uptick in energy. Um, it took some time to get used to, but um, I've also then did a lot of research and learned that um, medically, fasting has been found to really rapidly dissipate cravings for many things in your life, like nicotine and alcohol, caffeine, other drugs. Um, neurochemically, fasting increases levels of chemicals such as dopamine right, which elevates your happiness and confidence while reducing your anxiety. And this might have been one of the bigger impacts for me. That's where I was putting a lot of intention. I was trying to bring more healthy habits to allow me to spend more time being present and being happy and less stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And um, fasting really helped me do that. And again, I just did a simple, hey, I want an 18-hour fast once a week. Start small. Keep it easy. And um, through my research, I learned also, you know, fasting can increase the number of brain cells. And um, there's all kinds of benefits, you know, like there's scientifically bad cognitive benefits of fasting. Research has found that age-related declines in cognitive and mortar abilities, such as like your balance, can be reduced by intermittent fasting. Um, research has found that a 16-hour fast can actually help reset your sleep cycle. Other research has found that fasting can improve the overall quality of your sleep. And these are benefits I've definitely seen. I can't say it's just because of fasting. I've been doing a lot of other things, but um, I really can buy into this. And that's why I would even put it on here and share it with you guys. Um, you know, and then there's some research. I, I think Yale, I have to check. I think I have a note here. Yeah, it was a Yale research found that actually being on an empty stomach can help you think and focus better. So there's, there's quite a few people in the creative world, like writers and authors, that even purposely skip breakfast so they can better focus on their creative work. And this is a, a practice I've come to right now and have been able to sustain on and off through this last year, but definitely these last two months, a lot more intentionally, where I, I fast until about 10 or 11 in the morning. I just don't, um, I don't eat breakfast. I'll get up and do my tea. And then after my wife gets up, I'll have some coffee with her. 
but um i find i just don't have that strong appetite in the morning i was just eating to eat because it was a habit and then would eat a big lunch because i'm working at home and then snack a bunch and dinner and it was just way more food than i needed and now if i push my eating to late in the morning and i i go really protein rich i'm usually eating about three eggs i do egg tacos <laughs> and um high on protein maybe even some peanut butter on something and uh, that will sustain me until dinner time and i'm snacking a lot less too which is just a good diet move and and as i try to like cut some of the salts out and be more intention i can't say i follow a specific diet i'm just trying to bring more awareness to what i'm eating and a great way to do that is really track your food but that's not really what we're talking about i think recovering from food is more specifically to fasting because fasting you know it can also stabilize your emotions um this happens by detaching from the emotional dependence on food in addition to removing overstimulating foods like caffeine and processed sugar tobacco trans fatty acids all of which negatively affect our emotions and research actually confirms that being in a fasted state improves your focus your memory and your ability to comprehend information it actually just improves brain efficiency which makes sense given that your digestive system zaps so much blood you know it's coming from all other places in your body to go to your gut you always i don't know about you but i eat and all of a sudden i just am especially if I eat a lot, I just feel not together. I can't, can't focus as well. So yeah, recovery from food. That's that. I think we went a little long on that. So let's just kind of keep moving on. Please read, research, consult a doctor if this is something you want to try. Um, dare I say, you could probably even just give it a shot with a once a weekly little 18-hour fast there. Um, number five on the list of six is recovering from fitness. This might sound strange, but a lot of people exercise too much. Um, and like other areas in their lives, some people seem to prefer quantity over quality, right? Optimal fitness requires lots of good sleep and recovery. Most professional athletes get way more sleep than you might think. Um, they also take a lot of rest days to allow for full recovery. Um, and when they do train, then they can be fully engaged, right? Uh, to get the best results in your fitness, research also found that shorter but more intensive exercise is more effective than longer drawn out exercise. And the concept is pretty simple, like intensive activity followed by high quality rest and recovery. And people that are really into fitness and muscle growth, everybody knows that rest is when the muscles grow. It's not when you're lifting the weight or doing it. It's actually in sleep when our muscles grow. Same with the brain. You can learn a lot. You could spend a day reading nonfiction and the true growth in your brain comes at night when you're sleeping. So this is where recovery and rest is, is pretty key, right? Um, and this is kind of true of life, right? The concept of intensive, <laughs> intensive activity followed by high quality rest and recovery, right? It's true with technology, food, and all other areas. Um, so yeah, I think we just want to make sure we we take time to recover. As I've worked with some clients who really want to get on a fitness journey, and a lot of them go to like every day, I'm going to do this every day, and it's it's really I I try to go back to like, well, what have you done before, right? Because we want to make this sustainable. And make sure you're taking time to recover. 
It's not to say you can't do something in some kind of form of exercise every day. Just make sure you're mixing it up, giving different muscle groups a break. Okay. Um, so, okay, let's keep moving. Skip. Let's go number six. Uh, and this one's kind of interesting, but I find it sometimes takes intention and it's, it's recovering from being awake, right? Uh, perhaps even more fundamental than the food you eat is sleep. And because similar to food, without sleep, you're going to die. Sleep is essential. If you're not prioritizing sleep, your life is a mess, 100%. Yet millions of people don't sleep enough. And there's all kinds of problems that arise because of it. In fact, the National Sleep Foundation conducted surveys revealing that at least 40 million Americans suffer from over 70 different sleep disorders. And not only that, uh, 60% of adults and 69% of children experience one or more sleep problems a few nights or more during the week, right? So we're just not getting good quality sleep. And sleep is in, incredibly important. And I, I attribute a lot of my mood shift and, you know, my ability to have energy and really dive into new, exciting, um, scary <laughs> scary experiences of just getting out there and doing it, getting outside my comfort zone, um, all comes from having that energy from prioritizing sleep, right? Um, getting a healthy amount of sleep is linked to increased memory, a longer life, uh, increased creativity, increased attention and focus, lower stress. Uh, you have less dependence on stimulants like caffeine. You have less risk of getting into accidents, a lower risk of, of depression, and tons more. Like you can just Google it and it should go without saying like how important sleep is. Um, but what I find that happens is, you know, we we lose touch with that. I've, I have quite a few clients that we work on routines as well. And a big thing is starting to get up early. Everybody wants more time in the day to play with kids or follow their passion or exercise or do any of these development things, read books. And the best way I found to do that is to start waking up early and get after your day while the world is sleeping. And it's a process to retrain your, your, um, your sleep cycle, your circadian rhythm. And that often involves having to go a couple nights of low quality sleep keep waking up early just so you can start going to bed early and get that anywhere from seven to eight hours of sleep. And once I'm on that rhythm and coach others, once you're on that and going and going, and going, you do sometimes want to be mindful to protect and prioritize some level of sleep over other things because stuff happens. You have a late night, uh, maybe you just can't sleep. Um, I, for me, it's like in the summer with kids and sports, sometimes we're just getting home really late. And depending what I have going on the next day, that's when I give myself a little bit of flexibility to maybe sleep an hour later because I know I need to hit at least my seven and a half hours of sleep to feel, feel best. Right. Um, and there's, there's a lot of connections between your body, mind, work relationships, all other areas will suffer if you try to compensate for a lack of healthy sleep, right? And then again, research has found that lack of quality sleep relates to lack of quality of life. It's really that simple. Your body needs to recover every day. When you're asleep, your brain and your body restore themselves, allowing you to then think and function better when you are awake. So 
If you want to live an optimal life, you need to recover. What do you need to recover from? Recover from work, recover from technology, recover from people, recover from food, recover from fitness, and recover from being awake, okay? If you're fine being tired, stressed, and suboptimal, don't worry about recovery. And you can continue to focus on quantity over quality. But listen, unless you recover, you're never truly going to be living, okay? You're always going to be half living, distracted, stressed, and unhealthy, okay? Waking up with quality sleep is part of waking up and happening to the day and not letting the day just happen to you. So there you go, part two. I hope you've enjoyed the six things we all need to recover from. And what I would challenge everybody to do here is start small, right? I'm in the three. So of those six, work, technology, people, food, fitness, and being awake or sleep, (laughs) pick three that you think you could improve. And then ask yourself, what's one thing I can do to make more time and space to recover from food, to recover from technology, to recover from work, and just start with those. Okay? It can be hard, challenging, and I wouldn't recommend you try to jump on all six right away. Let's make it sustainable. Let's make it last. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see everybody next week. <laughs>